Good morning, sports fans, bettors, and cappers, and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Competitive Hedge Podcast. I'm your host of the show, Kenneth Cotterell, and thank you all for joining me here today. This podcast is all about sports and the world of betting. We talk about results from yesterday's games and wagers before diving into today's betting slate, and we cap things off with our daily betting card. Now, the month of January has come and gone already. 2023 is out to a flying start as we are with our bets. And we're going to recap that for you right away here. Talk about the AP poll, some of the head coaching moves yesterday, and then we're going to break down today's betting slate. But before we do, we got to talk about the great folks over at Bet99, which is a Canadian sports book and casino that offers in-play betting, player props, a cash out option, and many more great products. There are a variety of sports available on the website to bet on, including NHL, NBA, NFL, and EPL. Bet99 works smoothly on both desktop and mobile, and the app can be downloaded from the website's homepage. Now, depositing and withdrawing funds is hassle-free, with a number of well-known methods available to use, so you know your money is safe and secure. The website can be viewed in both English and French, and customer service is available 24-7 with their live chat option. So go to bet99.com to make an account. Use code SHOOTERS at sign up. And please gamble responsibly. You must be 19 plus years of age to do so. It is available to persons in Ontario only. But most importantly, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or the gambling of someone close to you, contact Connex Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. You see the Saskatchewan number down at the bottom there as well, 1-800-306-6789 for any gambling concerns. Want to have fun on the show, want to enjoy gambling, but definitely don't let it control your life. And so that's why we always love to say uh, to please bet responsibly. Now, let's recap the last couple days. I really wish that I didn't sleep in yesterday because that was our better betting day out of the two of these. We're 3-0-1 on Monday. West Ham money line hit. St. Louis and Winnipeg, let's be honest, it should have been a 4-0 sweep because it was one nothing entering the third period and the game finishes 4-2. So we pushed the under six and then Howard blew out at SC State and Virginia, they barely covered in an absolute sweat of a bet. Minus four and a half, they win 67-62. to Now yesterday, two and three day wasn't our best. We're actually really fortunate to even get to two thanks to the Duke Blue Devils, but Luton Town looked like we're out to a flying start, two-unit wager, one to nothing. They score in the 89th minute to win that bet, which moved all the way to plus 105. Then Caroline in regulation, unfortunately, they win in overtime. Clemson and Boston College missed big time on this play. Um, They went, I think, in the second half, a five- or six-minute stretch with zero points scored. When you're playing the over, that means that your bet is all but dead. So we missed there. Wake Forest and Duke, they were the over 146 and a half. They cleared it at 148. And then Boise State and Air Force, over 131. We should have known when this line went from 33 down to 31 that they were really leaning the under. So definitely a miss there. Now, when we're talking January betting recap, we're up over 13 units for the month of January, one of our better months that we've had since we've moved to the daily show format. And to be honest, had we not played football at all, we would have had an even better month. But soccer, we were 10 and 3, golf, we were 6 and 2, NBA 12 and 8, NCAA 39 and 34, 
and we get into the NFL 7 15 and 2. College football, we are 0 2. NHL, we we're 26 30 and 2. But luckily for us, uh, we were still in the positive. We had a lot of plus unit hits there, including a big parlay at one point. So really only football was what let us down. But when you're up over 13 units for the month, tough to be upset. Really excited heading into February as we start getting into the nitty gritty of college basketball. Same with soccer, same with golf as well. We're starting to ramp up there as well. So our best sports are coming at the right time and we're ready to go for the month of February. Now, I mentioned that we're going to look at the AP poll, and I know that we're a couple days removed from it being announced, but this is the first show since we've seen it. And big changes, uh, at least near the top, we had Purdue. They're the unanimous number one ranked team. Uh, They're playing tonight against Penn State. We're going to break down that game in a little bit. You had Tennessee up at number two, Arizona up into the top five. Baylor moved up. Providence moved up six spots up to 17. Now, TCU, they fell four spots down to 15. Luckily, they were able to win yesterday against West Virginia. So at least for now, they'll be holding on to uh, a spot there. I really did like TCU before that Mike Miles injury. Um, UConn, they moved down five spots all the way to 24. Auburn was the biggest mover. They moved from 15 all the way down to 25. Now, two teams that got welcomed in were Indiana at 15 and 6. They were number 21. And then San Diego State, they're 17 and 4, and they moved to 22. Well, you can chalk up two more losses there because Indiana lost yesterday to, I believe it was Maryland, and San Diego State lost to Nevada. So might be a short-lived time in the top 25 for those two. When we're talking about the best conferences, I mean, it's the Big 12 by far. They had six teams in the top 25. Big East had four in the top 25. And then ACC, SEC, they had three each. Now, what I love about college basketball this season is that so far, it's just been so competitive top to bottom. I know that there's a couple teams at the top that have maybe stood out a bit. A lot of people love Houston. A lot of people love Alabama, especially Alabama after beating Vanderbilt by nearly 70 yesterday. Um, Tennessee is a team that I like on the defensive side of things. Not sure what their long-term success looks like. I've been burned by Tennessee quite a bit over the last couple years. I really love TCU before that Mike Miles injury. Now I'm not so sure with them, but if I had to pick my favorite right now, it's still Houston. Um, they've got a really talented group. I know that they're in the AAC, but they proved early in the year that they're going to compete with the best teams in the country. And then when we're talking NFL hires yesterday, two head coaches, one of them was a 60-year deal, uh, four years guaranteed, and one was for draft picks. So let's start with those draft picks for Sean Payton. Now, the Saints, they get Denver's 2023 first-round pick. Looks like it's the 29th overall pick, so it is a late first at that, and then they're giving up a 2024 second-rounder. Now, Trust me, I don't love giving up draft picks in order to to get a coach, but I think Denver's in the unique situation of, well, if they don't figure it out with Russell Wilson, then it really doesn't matter how you draft because you're locked into him for the long term here. So they went out and got a guy that they think can fix Russell Wilson, a guy that was able to take Drew Brees from the San Diego Chargers and turn him into an MVP candidate with the New Orleans Saints. So I think that it's a good hire by the Broncos, at least for now. Um, I hope that Peyton's head is in it and that he's not just doing it for the money, but we'll have to wait and see Denver. They have the weapons. They have the defense. If they can just figure out this Russell Wilson situation, then they could be a really good team in the AFC West on the flip side. Then you got D'Amico Ryan who got hired 
in Houston. Now, getting a six-year deal is a bit crazy to me, especially four years guaranteed. Um, at the end of the day, this is a guy that he's a coordinator, never been a head coach. They're going to have him for the long term. Hopefully, they add him a quarterback in this year's draft, maybe add a playmaker or two in free agency. But the Texans could compete again in a couple years' time. Unfortunately, they're in the AFC right now, which is the vastly superior conference. So we'll see how D'Amico Ryan goes. I don't love the length of the contract, but if he is the real deal, then Houston may have found themselves a good one, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Now let's head over. We're going to do our daily game slate. Um, but before we do, let's play the video. All right, so let's get right into it. One soccer game to look at today. Manchester United, they're minus 240, taking on Nottingham Forest at plus 650. Now, I was honestly surprised to see this only at minus 240, but I think the thought process here is, well, United's already three goals clear. They're playing at home at Old Trafford for the second leg here of this tie with Forest. I question how deep this team that they're going to put out there is going to be today. I think what they would like to do is head out in the first half, maybe score a goal or two and then sub on some of these new guys that they brought on or even just integrate them right away. Um, I'm curious to see how many of the first team guys are actually in this squad today. Don't have a lot of hope in Forest today unless we see a red card or let's face it might even take multiple red cards then United should be moving on in the League Cup at home. So we'll have to wait and see how that game plays out today. But Definitely keep an eye out for this Manchester United lineup before you go and get bet a multi-goal spread. Nine games on the NBA side of things. Waiting until tip-off for all of them but one, and we'll tell you later on which one is the one, but at least from the games that are happening, Orlando and Philly. Orlando just beat Philadelphia the other day. Um, they've got Wendell Carter as a game-time decision tonight. Um and Bede looks like he's a game-time decision as well for Philadelphia. If the line moves a little bit more in Orlando's favor, I'm hoping that the public maybe bets it down to minus 8.5, maybe even minus 7.5. Then I'd love to back Philadelphia, but at minus 9.5 once again, knowing that Orlando just came back on them the other day, I just don't know if I love the play. Washington's minus 5.5 versus Detroit. Not a lot on the injury front for Washington. Just Gafford is a game-time decision. Joseph Bagley and Diallo are also game time decisions for Detroit. Washington won their last matchup by 21 points. That's all the way back in October, but definitely one to keep an eye on. And I should say Diallo is a game time decision. Joseph and Bagley are out officially. So Portland and Memphis, Memphis is minus five and a half. Portland coming off that big win over Atlanta. Only Justice Winslow is a game time decision tonight. Memphis, we got to see Danny Green, John Conchar, and Desmond Bain are all game-time decisions. A lot of these guys have the, had that game-time decision tag and then been sitting out. But Memphis is also, uh, they just won by 12 points thanks to Jaws' triple-double. I would lean Memphis at home, the two-seed in the Western Conference, but won't play it until I see what's happening with Bain. When he's out there, this is a completely different team. I do think that the line will shift if he goes, but... I really like it regardless if we get him playing. Brooklyn and Boston Celtics are minus seven and a half at home today. No Ben Simmons, no TJ Warren, no Kevin Durant. Boston without Marcus Smart, potentially no Robert Williams either. 
Now, if Williams goes, I love this spot for Boston, but it's going to be a very tough one to judge because I think that it'll keep moving in Boston's favor if he gets ruled to play. So minus seven and a half, at least right now, I'm not playing it. If it maybe moves down a point or two, then I would consider it later on in the day. Golden State, they are minus three versus Minnesota today. I mean, like every day, no Carl Anthony Towns. Gobert and Prince are game time decisions. Warriors are completely healthy. Feels like a bit of a trap that the Warriors are only minus three, but they have won three games in a row, so it might be one worth taking a look at. Oklahoma City and Houston, OKC's minus five and a half. I really like what I've seen from OKC without Dort and Pokashevsky. Now, Houston, no Kevin Porter Jr., potentially no Alperin Sengun or Jalen Green. They're both game time decisions. To be honest, I don't think that they're going to go tonight. We're heading, uh, cl- getting close to the NBA All-Star break, and I think that they might look to give these guys the night off, but we'll wait and see until tip-off. Once again, when you're a game-time decision, we got to wait until a little bit closer. Sacramento is minus 6.5 versus the Spurs. Josh Richardson, Romeo Langford, game-time decisions. Spurs are on a six-game losing streak. Sacramento just beat Minnesota in OT, and they've won seven of their last 10. I do lean Sacramento, given they are an above 500 road team this year. They are a top four team in the Western Conference so far as well. So I think against the lowly Spurs, who really aren't looking to win games right now, might be worth a look at minus six and a half. Toronto and Utah, Utah's minus three and a half. Still no OG Ananobi as trade rumors swirl around this team. Who's going to be playing for them in the long term? Will Fred Van Vliet stick around? Will Pascal Siakam? Doesn't matter. The Jazz are fully healthy. Toronto just lost to Phoenix on the road by eight, and they've lost six of their last ten as well, whereas Utah's coming off a big win against Dallas, and they're playing some good basketball. So Eileen Utah at home at minus three and a half. Again, we'll wait a little bit closer to see if there's any late you know, players ruled out or anything, but as of now, that would be the lean. Atlanta versus Phoenix, Trey Young's a game-time decision. Devin Booker is still out for Phoenix, so this is a bit of a toss-up until we know what the status of Trey is. Phoenix have won two in a row. Atlanta's lost two in a row, so two teams trending opposite directions. That will certainly be one to keep an eye on. Now, NHL-wise, two games tonight. We're heading into NHL All-Star break, so I think this might be the last day before All-Star break. Um, which means that we've got Carolina and Buffalo. We backed Carolina yesterday in regulation. They're minus 155 against Buffalo. Now, I'm not going to officially play this game, but I think Buffalo at home for the the home upset would definitely be worth a look. Carolina, they're on a back-to-back. They went to overtime. Ranta's projected as well, so it is a pretty interesting spot. I know Buffalo just lost to Minnesota, but they haven't played since Saturday, so they're pretty rested. Um, the concern here again is you're heading into all-star break. So how much are teams really giving it tonight? Lukanen is expected for Buffalo. It looks like, so I would lean the home dog, but I don't know if it'll be an official play. And then Boston minus 125 or minus 121, depending on your book versus Toronto. I lean Boston here. I know that it's Swayman and, and we don't get to see, uh, the, the starter here, but The Bruins, they've lost three straight games. They're stumbling a bit into the break. I think they want to get it right. They don't want to lose four straight heading into this break. Whereas Toronto, they just picked up a 5-1 to win over Washington. They have been a wagon at home this year. I just find it hard to believe that Boston loses four in a row. Um, They're a relatively good road team as well. They have a good history against the Leafs. 
And so that would certainly be my lean on the ice. And then five ranked games happening on the college basketball front today. A couple of them are definitely worth a look. Um, If we're talking about plays that I'm not looking at, I don't want any part of that Auburn and Georgia game. Um, The fact that we just talked about, they went from 15 to 25. I think they had a really good start to the year, but now they're coming back down to earth. So when I start looking at a spread here at minus 11 and a half, I just really hate that number. I don't want to go and bet Georgia either, though. They're 14 and seven on the year. They barely beat South Carolina in overtime the other day. So I just think it's a bad spot. Don't love either side, so I would fade it. And then I'd also fade that Villanova and Marquette game. That's kind of the late night game of all the ranked teams. Uh, Tip-offs at 7.30 SAS time, 8.30 Eastern time. I've just been fading Villanova all year. Um, The line has moved quite a bit. It was minus 8.5 for Marquette. Now it's all the way down to minus 6.5. I think the public's betting Villanova right now, but they're just 500 covering on the road. And man, I just, unless I get this line moving the opposite direction, I can't go and bet Marquette, and I certainly won't be taking Villanova at plus six and a half. So hopefully we get some reverse line movement. If it stays here, then it'll certainly be a stay away for us. Now, three games that we would look at today, number 17, Providence, and number 16, Xavier. This line has moved relatively well for us because I was leaning Providence and I was leaning the over well. Providence right now, they you can get them at plus three and a half instead of plus two and a half. And then it was over 154 and a half. Now it's down to 152 and a half. So I want to back Providence because they're five and three on the road. They've covered six of their eight road games as well. They've also won three straight games. Xavier just lost. So I just really like the over here. The two teams average a combined 161 per game as well. I just think we could have a shootout on our hands between these two. So I would lean the over 152 and a half. Penn State and number one Purdue. We just talked about how Purdue was the first unanimous team this year, but they've only covered three of 11 home games. And so when I see a double digit point spread with this Penn State team, I get really interested in it. And Penn, they've only covered two of their five on the road, but they have been playing really well recently. I just think it's a ton of points. I know Purdue's the number one team in the country, and it is a big gamble when you're going up against the number one team. But I think in the Big Ten, the way that it's been this year, they have a great chance to keep this within double digits. I really hope that the public bets Purdue that we can maybe get this to minus 11 and a half or minus 12. But as of now, even at plus 10 and a half, I do like Penn State quite a bit. And then to cap it off, number two, Tennessee, they are minus five and a half taking on Florida today. Um, again, I was hoping for a bit of line movement here, but it's it's held pretty solidly. And I like to think that Florida can cross 60 points tonight. I, I lean the over in this game. I think Tennessee is going to have no issue putting up 70 plus points. It's just what sort of Florida performance do we see? And I like the fact that they're at home. It's a very tough place to go and win in college basketball. So if we can get a 72 to 65 finish, I feel really good about it. Um, it won't be an official show play, but I would certainly lean the over in this game, hoping that it goes down to minus 131 and a half before tip off. And so with that, that's all the plays that are happening today. Now we got to head over to our last call pick segment, which is sponsored by Last Mountain Distillery. And before we get into it, let's play the video. (music) 
Us Mountain Distillery is a family-owned and operated company located in Lumsden, Saskatchewan, the heart of grain country. Saskatchewan's first micro-distillery success lies in their commitment to producing high-quality, handcrafted spirits. Their craft distilling process brings out the full flavor of the grain and leaves a smooth finish unlike any other. Go and get their holiday seasonal releases now before they're gone. They got their famous cherry whiskey there, chocolate hazelnut truffle liquor, and even their local candy cane vodka. Outside of that, though, really love the regular vodka. think that the old-fashioned is great as well. Just go and check out Last Mountain Distillery. Definitely support local. Always love to support local businesses here in Saskatchewan and specifically in the Regina area. So with that, we've got a few plays that we like for you here tonight. In fact, we've got five, and so let's get right into it. We're going to start in the EFL Cup. Manchester United, we're taking the first half money line versus Nottingham Forest. Let's face it, I just think that Nottingham Forest are... I thought you were this worldly, sophisticated guy, but you're just a fraud. I just think that they're frauds. I think that we're going to see United come out in the first half money line and put it to bed before we see some subs. I'm also going to head over, and I'm going to play Golden State. I never do NBA plays early in the morning, but I think fully healthy Golden State. Minnesota could miss some guys. I want to get this line before it moves. I like the Bruins' money line. It's We got it at 121, but it's minus 125 everywhere else. Boston, losers of three straight. Great history against the Leafs. I like this one heading into the break. I really like the Penn State Nittany Lions, plus 10.5 versus Purdue. I'm fading a team that can't cover at home despite being the number one team in the country. It's a risky one at one unit, but I still love the play. And then we're going back to the East Carolina Pirates. Uh, uh, well... <laughs> Jeez, words are hard. Teams have gone 29 and f- of 44 games on the over this year. Neither defense is good. I'm back in East Carolina once again to cap off the show and head into the month of February. So with that, follow us on Twitter at HedgePod. Might have some college basketball plays, maybe another NBA play later on today as well. You definitely don't want to miss any of that content. Really appreciate you all for tuning into the show. Excited that we didn't miss the alarm this morning more than anything else. And so we'll see you guys tomorrow for the Competitive Hedge podcast.